Back with the WMAY Morning News Feed. And from central Illinois all the way to Washington, D.C., that's where we do go now, where uh, Congressman Rodney Davis is standing by to keep us updated on what's going on in Congress. Uh, and also a variety of other things, including his priorities uh, and why not. We'll talk a bit about the primary coming up in June. Uh, it's all right here on the WMAY Morning News Feed. I'm Greg Bishop. Congressman, thanks for taking time with us this morning. Uh, so what are you guys doing over there in Congress this week? Well, it's just typical Democratic leadership out here. We got called back to D.C. yesterday to vote present, to have an attendance quorum call. No vote on any substantive legislation. Uh, just a waste of time. And that's why I can't wait for this lame duck Democratic leadership to get out of the way so we can take the majority back after the next election. Well, we'll talk about the uh, primary coming up and the November midterm election, which a lot of uh, polling suggesting that uh, Republicans are going to have a pretty successful midterm election in both the House and the Senate. Uh, But of course, there's a primary to get through. So we'll talk about that a bit. But uh, no big docket items. I mean, I know you guys already passed that uh, uh, voting rights bill that uh, the Democrats got through the House and that could be up in the Senate. But there's nothing else that uh, the House is looking at. Uh, possibly doing this week? Uh, the House is looking. The House is looking at a variety of, of minor bills, but they don't even have agreements on those on those bills. So no, I mean most of the action this week, like you said, is going to happen in the Senate, where you're going to see an attempt by the Democrats to get rid of the filibuster, to have what they call a filibuster carve out, and they're going to say it's for voting rights. Well, don't believe the title of what the Democrats are trying to do. They're looking at nationalizing our election process nationalizing and requiring ballot harvesting, a process that's already been ripe with fraud in past elections. They want to, they want to uh, basically get rid of any voter ID requirements, even though most Americans, according to polling, support more rules and more safeguards when it comes to our elections. And they also are going to continue to try, Greg, and I don't know, I don't know why they keep doing this, but they're going to continue to try to publicly fund our own congressional campaigns where Senator Durbin in the next election would be eligible for up to $31 million. Congressman Rodney Davis with us on the WMAY morning news feed. Um, we uh, have a bunch of headlines about schools all around the uh, the state. Chicago, they had schools out for five days. They came to an agreement with the teachers union late last night, and apparently they're going to go back to school on Wednesday. Springfield schools went back yesterday. Chatham schools went back Thursday. Auburn schools, they decided to not come back and apparently are going to take a few days off because of COVID cases increasing. Uh, you're looking at some something uh, heading into uh, this year and uh, possibly the next Congress, if you get in there, uh, the Open Schools Act. Tell us about that. Well, we're going to introduce this today, along with uh, my colleagues, Darren LaHood and, and Mike Bost. And what this does is it, it, it really puts the onus on the schools to look at the data, look at the science when it comes to in-person learning. We've got a crisis in our country, and it's not children being hospitalized or dying from COVID. It's not the risk of kids without multiple comorbidities having a rough time, even if they get a COVID infection. It's, it's not being able to learn at the level they're supposed to learn because their schools are shut down for extended periods of time. What this bill would do, it would, be, it would take, over, it would take uh, leftover ARP money. Remember the, the trillion-dollar package that the Democrats passed at the end of last year, uh, at the end of 20, at, at the beginning of last year. And what it would do, it would allow parents to get a grant of up to $10,000 to send their kids to another public school that's open. 
or another private school that's open, but it'll give kids and parents that grant instead of instead of just being wasted like upwards of $200 billion that has been sent to our schools nationwide with the sole purpose of keeping them open. Congressman, uh, we've got uh, another guest a little bit later on this morning from Empower Illinois. That's the uh, the child uh, uh, tax credit. Uh, we're not the child tax credit, but the uh, the tax credit that people can donate to to help fund scholarships for uh, Illinois students that are looking to have some kind of school choice. Uh, talk about school choice in general. Where are we at uh, on on a federal level, and what kinds of things should Illinois be doing to to help facilitate school choice? Well, I think a lot of us have learned a lesson when it comes to COVID, uh, that when you look at a virus like this, the beginning of, of COVID, I remember going to, to my son's university to move them out of their freshman dorm in March of 2020. Uh, they went to a full remote learning schedule, and then it was a remote learning schedule the following semester, and I, I had a son that didn't do as well remote learning. I saw how my own kids struggled, even at a, a, a higher age. could not imagine what young kids, what parents with young kids in grade school were trying to do to balance their work life, balance their ability to get their kids logged onto a computer to go to school. And we're seeing a crisis of, of learning right now. In the year nine, nine, 2019 to 2020, in one school district in my district, Decatur, Illinois, the freshman class had a 40% failure rate. That is four in 10 students, and their average GPA was 0.99. In-person learning is not a risk to these kids that is not a risk to the kids, especially when the risk to the kids is not being able to actually learn. And we're seeing the science, we're seeing the data, we're seeing the statistics that our kids need to be in school. And there's no, and, and the science and the data clearly shows, Greg, there's no negligible difference in infection rates between those schools that were remote and those that were not. Congressman Rodney Davis with us on the WMAY morning news feed at 718. Um, so we'll see what happens with that measure. Do you have uh, bipartisan support? We heard several uh, Republican congressmen on that. Well, we're going to introduce it and then we'll go throw it out there for we'll throw it out there for anybody who wants to be a co-sponsor. But in the end, uh, this is a message that I hope goes to our school districts that we know and they know the best place to learn is in person and in our schools. And if you're not going to lead, if you're not going to lead your school to ensure that you create the best learning environment for the kids that are that are in that public school district, then we might be able to send them to another public school district with money that's already been voted on, already been appropriated, because obviously the money that's being spent to keep schools open isn't being spent wisely by some school districts that consistently go back to remote learning, especially the Chicago public school system. Congressman, um, we've seen a lot of power from teachers unions across the country, uh, especially during COVID-19 when it comes to apparently shifting guidance from the CDC. Um, how do you see that they'll uh, uh, play uh, in this uh, push of yours to, to offer up some school choice? Well, they'll be opposed and I don't care. I'm sick and tired of, of having uh, union leaders like the Chicago's Te- Chicago Teachers Union decide to try and push Mayor Lightfoot and the Chicago public school system around. And, and the, the ones that are hurt the most are the kids that they're supposed to be teaching. We're not seeing learning levels achieved. Um, we're, we're seeing a push to continue. We're seeing a push to continue to put our kids in a situation where they're not going to be able to succeed. And I won't stand for it.
Congressman, another issue that's been uh, uh, on uh, a lot of uh, people's minds from uh, some cable news outlets to Democrats uh, and uh, some Republicans as well is the one year after January 6th. You've got the January 6th commission. Uh, give us again a, get a bit of uh, kind of where we were with this and your role in that commission. Uh, and what do you think is going on here? Is this uh, is this more politics or are we actually going to get to the bottom of uh, what happened on that day with security lapses and what kind of information you're seeking uh, from House Speaker Nancy Pelosi. Yeah, Greg, this is a, it's, it's a tragedy. This is not an investigation. This is a partisan select committee. It's exactly what Speaker Pelosi has wanted the entire time, which is why she didn't seat Republican members. Remember, I was one of the original appointees to that select committee. And even though it would have been a partisan committee, we could have gotten the questions asked that are not being asked right now. I, I was in favor of a bipartisan commission. A commission would have been equal in nature, no members of Congress serving on it, and we could have we could have had uh, unanimity when it comes to subpoena power, and we wouldn't see this circus. Remember, you have people that are no longer in government that have turned over thousands of text messages, thousands of communications, thousands of letters voluntarily, and they're still being held in contempt of Congress. And Nancy Pelosi will not allow her own appointee, the sergeant at arms of the House, to turn over communications from prior to January 6th and since January 6th to me. And I, I have the lead role as a Republican on the committee that oversees capital security. And trust me, the briefing I got the day before January 6th did not tell me that we would experience anything like we saw on January 6th. And I don't believe that we are any more secure than where we were on the Capitol campus on January 5th even if something like that were to happen today. Speaker Pelosi is denying me as the oversight ranking member of the Committee of Jurisdiction any communications when she's asking private citizens to turn over communications and they're doing so voluntarily. What is she hiding? Congressman Rodney Davis with us on the WMAY Morning News Feed. And finally here, and I appreciate your time as you're over in Washington, uh, getting ready to take, I don't know what kind of action, but uh, just kind of uh, there after voting that you're there. Uh, so we'll see what happens, if anything, in the uh, U.S. House. Uh, but of course, Congressman, you only have two-year terms. You've got to be ready for election. Uh, we've got the November midterm. Uh, a lot of the polling suggests that uh, Republicans are going to have uh, a successful midterm in both the House and the Senate. We shall see. Uh, but you got to get through a primary, apparently, uh, in June, and uh, petitioning begins, I believe, this week. Uh, tell us about what you expect to happen in the Republican primary with the possibility of going up against Mary Miller, who's also a member of Congress. Look, you know me, Greg. I've had primaries. I've had, I've had challenges for the last 10 years from Nancy Pelosi. And 80 percent of this new gerrymandered district that Democrats in Springfield drew um, – have been in the media markets that I've I've uh, I've been running in, so I'm very familiar with this new district. I'm excited, and I'll take on any challenge. So we're looking forward to getting petitions out this week. Uh, we're we're still uh, you know we're just overwhelmed and humbled by the support that we've gotten from many uh, Republican officials, and and I'm looking forward to going out into the new parts of, of this district in northwestern Illinois and and eastern Illinois and. And being able to talk about being a true conservative, I stand by my conservative values and principles. I'll stick up for uh, the issues of life, the issues of the Second Amendment. I will never vote to defund our military. And also, i got a record of getting things done. 
because people in Illinois, people in this district want us to go to Congress and find solutions. And when you bear down and govern, you can do that. And I've proven that over my time here in Congress. Well, and Congressman, um, the possible challenger in the primary, uh, freshman Congresswoman Miller, uh, touts uh, endorsement from President Trump. You were uh, Trump's Illinois uh, election chairman, right? I was. And, you know, it's a disappointment. But in the end, uh, I, I'm glad I was President Trump's co-chairman of his campaign. Uh, got a great record of working with him when he was in office. And we're going to continue to tout that record because it's a record of success. I'm proud of what we were able to do during the Trump administration to lower taxes for every American family. And these are the types of things that I think the people of this new 15th district, where I'm the only one who lives in that district, uh, I think they care about that the most. They want us to stick to our core values and principles, but they also want us to get stuff done. Congressman Rodney Davis, surely not the last time we'll talk before the June primary. Greatly appreciate it, and be safe out there in Washington, D.C., all right? Thank you, my friend. Take care, Greg.